This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Robbie Weinstein. He covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports. We discuss Vanderbilt's 2022 recruiting class, the very first one in the Clark Lee era. We dive into some of Barton Simmons' comments in the Cover 3 podcast the other day in talking about Vanderbilt getting a class that looks like the teams they play. So we'll ask Robbie how impressed he was with the recruiting class. He tells us more about A.J. Swan and Davion Walker, as well as some other key players to watch in this class, as well as the two local kids, Langston Patterson from CPA and Grayson Morgan from NBA. We dive into the entirety of this class and how much of an impact will they logically make next season. We've got all that and much more coming your way here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, Grab a cold one and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. Alongside Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick, and we welcome you back into our interview portion we are now joined by Robbie Weinstein. He covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports, and it has – I'm sure it's been a crazy past week or so, probably longer than a week, Robbie, but, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're glad to get you on here. Is it, has it been kind of a breath of fresh air now that signing day has, has come and gone? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, you look through, like, the rankings and, um, you know, with, with the COVID year and, and, you know, how the transfer portal is used these days, like taking as many high school kids as Vanderbilt is going to take is pretty unusual. And so that made, you know, that even though there was not a lot of drama yesterday, um, which I was thankful for personally, you know, there's still, there's a ton of different kids to keep track of. And obviously there were a lot of commits over the last week. So yeah, it's been it's definitely been busy, but um, 
Yeah, I imagine for, for Vanderbilt fans, they probably enjoyed the last week because there was actually uh, quite a bit of good news, which, you know, there hadn't been since basically before the football season. No, and uh, I, I want to ask you about a uh, Barton Simmons kind of podcast bit. Uh, he was on the Cover 3 podcast the other day, and uh, I thought an interesting quote he had was, we got a class that looks like the teams we play. And I think that'll surprise some people. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the class, it's true. They're they're long, they're physical, they're big. Uh, it looks like a lot of them will – I mean, they'll have to play next year. 24 commits, they're ranked 34th nationally, 13th in the SEC. Um, but, Robbie, I want to ask you – I think Vanderbilt, you know, I think they began to close the gap a little bit between themselves and the rest of the country. I don't know if you agree, uh, but how would you how would you describe, you know, you don't have to give me one word, but how would you describe Clark Lee's first recruiting class? I, I think it was about as good as as they could have hoped for. The thing is, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, obviously it's not like a top 25 class. It's not loaded with four star guys. I, I understand that, you know, it's not rated as highly as Franklin's uh, last class. I think the 2013 class was, but I, I think you have to look at it realistically. You know, they, they're coming off a two and 10 season. They, they did not win a game last season. The season before that they were three and nine. Um, you know, I mean, the facilities, most of the new facilities, it's great to say that those are on the way. It's great to show recruits that you have these renderings and stuff. But other than the, the locker room, they're not actually done yet. So I, I think until that, you know, until that stuff gets done and until, you know, Vanderbilt starts putting out a better product on the field, you're just not going to compete for, um, you know, a lot of four-star guys when, you know, with Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, whoever else, all these other um, – power five programs uh, that, you know, fill a stadium with many, many more people. Right. So considering that, I think the, like the best that they could have done then was go out and get as many high three-star guys as possible, specifically guys who um, are big and have really good athletic traits, you know, can run uh, long arms, uh, you know, good athletic testing stuff. Um, and, and that's pretty much what they did. Like a lot of the guys in the class don't even have a lot of experience, but I, I think Vanderbilt was probably correct to prioritize like high ceilings over experience level because, you know, I mean, they just don't have a lot of like that. You look at the, you look at Vanderbilt's team and sort of like what Barton was alluding to, I think is that there's not, it's not a very athletic team. It's not a very fast team and, and they're going to need those traits if they want to have any chance at competing. So one question that I think me and Billy have actually talked about it and just assumed here was this team has a lot of available scholarships because a lot of guys transferred out and we expected that. But you saw that kind of pre-made template they had there um, that a lot of guys, Cam Johnson, uh, Alan George, used to announce that they were transferring or entering the NFL draft. How many of those guys do you think were legitimately Clark Lee stepped in he had to work with the roster that he had coming in that Derek Mason had left him. And it was kind of one of those, hey, we're not going to say it, but your scholarship's really not here next year. There's not really going to be an opportunity for you to play. And they want to bring in their guys. How many of this class do you think we're actually going to see on the field next year versus how many of them are, are real projects, like, like you were talking about, that they feel they can develop into uh, guys that can contribute later in their career? Yeah, I, I think um, in terms of the guys that transferred out, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Vanderbilt is going to miss a ton of those guys. I think they'll miss Cam Johnson. But um, other than that, you know, I'm not really I'm not really sure whether, you know, they were nudged out or whatever. I think that's that's hard for me to say. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the um, 
in terms of the freshmen, yeah, I, I do think, you know, it's, it's, that's also hard to say, honestly, because at so many positions with like with quarterbacks, for instance, you know, I, I don't know whether AJ Swan is going to be able to play right away because so much of that position is about processing information and it's about, you know, your head, right. And instead of just how fast you run. But I, I do think, so I think the positions that, you know, athleticism and stuff like that is the most important for, I think those guys will be able to play. Uh, Maurice Edwards would be one, the running back from uh, the Chicago suburbs. Jaden McGowan, who is very fast. He's from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he'll be the kick returner right away. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Um, you know, I think like Darren Agu, honestly, even though he's only like 225 or 230 pounds, you know, Vanderbilt just doesn't have anybody on the edge who can do much. I mean, they, they did not, you know, they, they were way dead last in SEC in sacks this season, last in tackles for loss. So I think like those positions would be where I would look to see these guys play right away. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, I, I think it's going to take multiple classes like this because freshmen in college football, you know, true freshmen usually don't make a huge impact. I expect the offensive linemen to, to probably redshirt. And, and of course we know the offensive line for Vandy was, was an issue this season. So uh, it's going to take a while. Like, I don't think this class is going to lead to, you know, six and six season next year or something like that, just because, um, uh, just because that's that's usually not realistic in college football. But I do think I, I don't see any reason why this class could not be the foundation of a winning team a few years down the road. Thank God. So that that's what I was really hoping your answer would be there, because I think a lot of people have unrealistic expectations because there has been a lot of hype around this class just because you have no momentum. So it's impressive what has been done from that perspective of yeah. you had no momentum, momentum and you've still maintained what is a much better class than you've had in recent years. But you brought up a name, uh, a name in Darren Agu and Tennessee made a late push for him there. How close was Tennessee to flipping him, if you have any idea? Um, or how much of, of that was just kind of that late push closing in on early signing day and just him seeing, you know, what's there? I, I think they were closer to flipping him than Vanderbilt admitted publicly. Um, like, I think I asked, I asked Javon Hay, who's Agu's primary recruiter, as well as I, I think maybe an OK Brechterfield um, yesterday, and this was all on the record and everything. I asked them, you know, how they convinced him to, on the OV to stick with Vanderbilt. And they both pretty much said that they didn't think that he was going to flip and they felt confident and all that. I, I don't really, I think they're projecting. His Twitter, his Twitter said otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I mean, Tennessee thought they were getting him heading yeah. into the Vanderbilt official visit. Now, I don't think they were, they were, you know, like I talked about it with, my colleague, Ryan Callahan, who does a lot of the recruiting stuff for our Tennessee site. And I, I said, I told him I was like maybe 60% Tennessee right now. And he said that sounded about right. Wow. Um, the thing is, that's a very, I mean, that's a reasonable percentage to overcome when you get the last official visit, especially when mm -hmm. Vanderbilt was, I mean, they hit on all these official visits at the end. They were really impressing these guys. Um, but yeah, I do think, I think Tennessee led for him late for sure. Well, not for sure. I, I think that they probably did. Somebody said something about like, um, you know, how he is from the UK and he's just going around to see different parts of the US. I, I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, that yeah, was on exactly. his checklist to see in the US. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really buy into that. So, um, but, you know, Vanderbilt built a strong enough relationship with them to where 
um, it only got to that, you know, 60% or whatever, whatever, maybe UT had a slight lead, but they never got more than a slight lead. And, you know, he could have flipped after the UT visit and canceled the Vanderbilt visit and just signed with them. And he didn't do that. Robbie, you, you talked about AJ Swan and he's a guy that instantly jumps out uh, to a lot of Vandy fans in this class. And he will be uh, allegedly one of the guys that will enroll early in January and jump right into spring practice. You kind of touched on him and, and how you don't know whether or not he'll be ready to go or not go, but start. Um, he is, I think, the type of guy that that can change not the course of a season, but can, that can really change this offense. Uh, now, to what degree? Who knows? Uh, and, and who knows how how much he sees the field next season? But with him enrolling early, does that say anything uh, to in your mind about him maybe you know getting an, another leg up, or is that kind of something random? I I mean I think. Uh, programs always want their quarterbacks to enroll early and Drew Dickey can't because I, I think, you know, he goes to a private school and usually it's more difficult to do that. Right. If you go to a private school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they do want to get a look at him in, in spring practice and see um, is this going to be a real race or is Swan going to need a year or, or whatever. Uh, because there's no doubt that the physical traits are there. I mean, you just look at his highlights, like the first two plays. It's unreal. It's like, whoa, that guy's got a huge arm. I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw an arm like that at Vanderbilt. Maybe like – I mean, he has a bigger arm than Johnny McCrary, and McCrary, you know, didn't have much else, I would say. He could right? fling it. Yeah. yeah Decision-making in the red zone was not the best. Right. Um so, I mean, he has a huge arm, and that's always a good thing to start off of. You know, I yeah, I, I think that's the thing is I, I imagine coming out of spring ball, they'll have some idea of whether, whether it's going to be a legit battle. And the, I think the other thing is supposedly Ken Seals, like, was dealing with a number of injuries this season. So, you know, is he even going to stay? Is And, you know, if he's healthy again and stays, how does he look in the spring? I think there are a ton of questions mm -hmm. with the quarterback stuff. And then maybe, you know, maybe Dickey comes in and blows everyone away. I, like, I think it's too early to say that, you know, A.J. Swan is going to push, you know, Mike Wright for the starting quarterback job next season. It's, it's possible, but um, th there are a lot of unknown variables there mm -hmm. still. Yeah, that's probably the position. We actually went into this season kind of thinking Ken Seals is the guy, I think was kind of the perception around. And now you go into it, Ken Seals still in the roster. I'd be pretty surprised, honestly, in my opinion, if he's still there. Um, I don't think that that's going to release publicly. I don't have any inside info, but I think he sees the writing on the wall. But speaking of some other question marks and different things, there's one guy that didn't sign on early national signing day. Um, I bet you can guess he's a four star, probably the only one I think in this class right now in the 24 seven composite ratings that has a Vanderbilt crystal ball. And that's Daniel Martin. Um, do you know any details on if he's already signed hearing rumors of that? If, if Chris Marv going to Virginia tech, um, how much that contributed to this recruiting race slash will contribute to it. Um, just any, any information you have there on Daniel Martin. Uh, I, I don't know. I have not heard anything about whether he has signed or not. Um, so he's going to announce at the all American bowl in like on TV. And I think early January, um, I mean, my crystal ball is public. It's been at confidence score nine out of 10 for like months. Um, I, I don't think Virginia tech has any chance. Um, I don't think, I don't think Florida state or Oregon had any chance for, I, I'd be surprised if Florida state has a chance. 
Yeah, especially point. now. Um, yeah. No, I think that I think Vanderbilt has been in very firm control of that recruitment for months. Robbie, uh, let's let's talk about the local kids, and and I feel like Clark Lee's asked about this every press conference, especially involving recruiting. Um, but I think these two guys down the road will have a significant impact. Langston Patterson, Grayson Morgan. Um, like I said, he's talked about them a lot. Do you think Langston and Grayson could help build the mid-state pipeline, especially at some of the local private schools like an MBA, uh, like a CPA, and even some of those schools like Vanderbilt had uh, a kid from Macaulay, Kenzie Paul, uh, committed, but he decommitted to Duke. So uh, do you think Clark's trying to strategically attack that division in some of those private school divisions? I, I think so, yeah. Um, he's kind of admitted to such also, and, and the idea is that um, – you know, the, if you, you know, parents or families that send their kid to a private school, you know, I, I understand, obviously, sometimes you can get a lot of scholarship money, but in a lot of cases, it suggests that, you know, they're willing to pour a lot of resources into um, trying to get their kid what they think is the best education they can, you know, regardless of, of whether or not that's actually the case. Um, and so, those families, you know, their kids are, are more likely to value a, a Vanderbilt education. I think that makes sense. I also think like at, you know, Montgomery Bell Academy, I don't know if you guys have been over there. That's like the nicest school I've ever been oh, to. Yeah. It's unreal. It's, yeah. It's a little different in that, like, you know, if you, if you, you know, just like a regular, whatever other school, uh, if you commit to Vanderbilt and you're in the state of Tennessee, you know, honestly other people at school like might make fun of you and or they might say why didn't you go to ut or you know if you had a ut offer uh whereas at mba the kids who are not athletes they all want to go to vanderbilt and are worried they can't get in so it's i think like there's a little bit of a different perspective there and vanderbilt has a different reputation at those kind of ritzy schools um i i do think getting langston patterson and grayson morgan definitely further legitimizes them um, you know, I mean, uh, the old coaching staff didn't really recruit MBA a lot, didn't recruit CPA a lot. And so I definitely, I mean, I think it helps to get those two guys. Um, Langston Patterson knows a lot of guys around in the area and he's well-respected. So for sure, I mean, I think it would really help if those guys do well, um, right? Not just, you know, sit on a bench or something. But I do think, you know, I mean, I think Langston Patterson could play fairly early, granted his brother's probably coming in and going to be ahead of him. So, I mean, yeah, that's gonna I, be I think interesting. it's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's the lock of the century. <laughs> yeah. Lock of the century. I like that one, but kind of, kind of switching. Well, not really switching talking about, we were just talking about Langston Patterson and them being able to kind of revamp that defense. But in general, there's one position on Vanderbilt's entire team that seems to for the most part, never really develop into a lot of NFL talent, never really be a dominant force. That's the defensive line. You've seen a lot of NFL guys that were very successful uh, in the linebacking core, in the DB, in the DB group. But outside of Dio Odangbo and the, the second round pick that he was with the Colts, Vanderbilt's really struggled to have any sort of dominant defensive lineman in the SEC. Do you think anyone, and this could be a goo, in this class is going to have that impact long-term, that thing Vanderbilt's really been missing um, as a piece of that defense as I have a train go by that likes to come by at the worst times, but uh, just that defensive line and how this class is going. Yeah, I, I like their defensive line class probably more than any of the other positions off the top of my head because, um, you know, you look across, all of those guys are listed at 6'6", you know, Zunk might be like six, five and a half, but he's, he's big. 
And I don't um, think he's six six. I saw him at one of the football games on his visit, and I was standing next to him. He's probably about six five. I would say. Okay, I always say yeah. subtract an inch and subtract ten to fifteen pounds. So he's not small though. No, that's no. The <laughs> that's the smallest guy. And whereas, you know, I think Tank Sujic, I actually liked him as a recruit, and I thought he looked pretty decent this season when he played. But he's six two. You know, they don't have a lot of guys on the defensive line who are six five, six six right now. And um, everybody in the class is six five, six six. So I, I think that group could really help. Um, those guys, almost all of them need to fill out quite a bit, although Bradley Mann um, probably could play this season or this coming season, 2022 season. But yeah, I actually think, uh, I don't know how to say his name, but the guy from Germany, uh, Yilanon, I think it's Owataha who was like the late we tried last we had no we tried last podcast we had yeah, no yeah. That's, that's a tough I think one the r the r is pronounced like an h which is not what i ever would have guessed i would <laughs> never have guessed that wow oh no, uh, yeah. yeah um he um you know i don't know if that i don't know if he's ever going to be any good he he could never play that's possible um but i also think i mean i think if he hits his ceiling, if he hits like his 95th percentile outcome, then he's going to be a, you know, a first or second round draft pick and potential all American. Yeah. I don't think that's likely to be clear. That was the, that was the boomer bust scholarship when you have exactly. a lot of free scholarships, yeah. as you say, this could be literally never plays one down or could be, but he's that middle guy and just say, just toss the scholarship, see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he, he's a legitimate six, six and a half, you know, 275 pounds. And if those guys are in the United States, they're not going to Vanderbilt like yeah. ever i don't mean that flippantly but like he's the only recruit out of germany so yeah. like you're, you're yeah. going into odd places that haven't really yeah. been the well, waters Robbie, been how, tested before how, especially in sec play how on god's green earth did they find this kid uh his trainer is is decently well known and trains a number of like finds guys in europe and brings them over to camps in the summer and so actually one of our evaluators alan true who is based in michigan saw this kid at a Michigan state camp this summer and thought he was really good. And um, so that's why our, our guys have a pretty high, like the highest three-star rating on him, you know, is because they've actually seen him in person. And they think that he's very legit um, at least in terms of upside. Like, again, I mean, is he going to play a role in 2022? I, I doubt it. Right. I mean, he's never played at this level of competition, but uh, I think it's totally worth it. Because how else are you ever going to get – you're never going to get a guy like that at this right. stage of your program in the United States. Right. And you've got – you know, um, they could take up to 34 players in this class. I don't know that yeah. they're actually going to get there, but uh, you might as well take a shot. Yeah. Robbie, uh, another guy that Vanderbilt usually doesn't get, at least this type of player. Now, we've seen good receivers come out of this program, but we haven't seen this type of guy in a while. Davion Walker, I think, is a guy that could emerge as the next great at, at, the, at the receiver position at Vanderbilt. I think he slipped under the radar a little bit. I think diehard Vandy fans understand how good he is, uh, but I don't know if the country does and, and the other Power 5 teams. I think they've missed out on this kid. Great size at 6'2". He seems like a guy that uh, could see a lot of time next season. Now, who knows if that, com- if that comes to fruition, but what comes to mind when, when you scout a guy like that and, and the fact that he's, he's committed to Vandy? I mean, he, yeah, he, um, he looks like, I think that was one of the guys who Barton said on the podcast that looks like, you know, guys who are on other SEC opponents mm-hmm. usually. Uh, I don't really see, you know, I guess I don't really see what he's missing. What is he missing? He seems to have everything. He, he seems to do everything well. 
he's pretty big. He runs well. Uh, I think he's like pretty fluid athletically. Uh, I don't see why. And, you know, the stuff that's going to translate well is like the athleticism and he's, he's big enough to play right away. Uh, I could, I think it's possible that he'll start uh, this season. I, I totally think that's possible because I think he's really good. I have no idea why he flew under the radar. I don't understand it. Um, you know, the other thing is that they lost Chris Pierce and Amir Abdur-Rahman and Cam Johnson. So you're not looking so great at wide receiver for next season. I really like Quincy Skinner. He did some good things in fall camp, but like you are, you know, your depth has walked out the door for sure. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to – I think he's going to have a really good career, and I think he's going to contribute uh, in 2022. Robbie, Rob, Will, keep... Will, before you go, yeah. two, two from each of us, is that is that okay to, to end it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, sweet. I knew you were on a, on a time crunch, but Will, go ahead. I was about to say, Robbie, you keep leading me into, like, the next thing I'm, I'm about to ask, but I was going to ask about receivers and the depth there. So the Davion Walker was good uh, – a good little lead in there, Billy, on accident. There you go. But you are losing pretty much what was – even though – some would call it underperforming, a very experienced receiver room. Do you see any way that they address that in the transfer portal with how much they're losing and how and, and really the lack of experience they have even with the guys returning? Well, they offered this guy, uh, Kanata Mumpfield, who was second team All-Mac this year as a redshirt freshman at Akron. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't – you know, he visited, and this is all public, like on his Twitter account, uh, but he got an old Miss offer and I don't, you know, I, he could go to Vanderbilt, but I, he seems to be blowing up and, and I, I just think there's a lot of traffic there and a lot of competition, but yeah, I mean, it pretty clearly indicates that they are looking to, um, you know, add more wide receivers, which makes sense. I, I think they need more. Um, but you know, in terms of, I'm not, I'm honestly not even aware of any other targets right now, aside from Mumfield. I think they're probably going to dig into that more like now that, you know, the 2022 class is mostly signed, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do think they could use at least one addition. Robbie to, uh, to close it out here, Will and I have talked ad nauseum about this after a two and 10 season. Now we know this is not a top 25 recruiting class. We, we know that uh, top 40 getting Daniel Martin, maybe one other guy, they get closer to that 30 range, but after a two and 10 season, I still think it's pretty incredible what these guys were able to do in the staff and, and grabbing a lot of these guys. What do you think, you know, what do you think was the deciding factor for a lot of these guys? Now I think a lot of players are different. But what I'm asking, I guess, is why, you know, what, what, what clicked for a lot of these guys in, in your mind, you know, they bring them in for a visit. They talk about facilities, but uh, after a two and 10 season, this class is pretty surprising. So what in your mind clicked with a lot of these guys? Uh, I think the coaching staff is actually, you know, for the most part, really personable. And I can see, you know, I, I can see why they would impress them on official visits, especially after the season when there's no game involved and your football team is not getting blown out. Uh, you, you come in and, you know, it's been relatively, you know, nice and warm around here recently and you have a fun weekend in Nashville. And, you know, the other thing is, is when, you know, Clark Lee has talked about focusing on like a five hour radius and that allows them to get these guys onto campus for visits more often. And, you know, just getting more FaceTime with them in person helps build the relationship. And, and I think that's what they want on mostly. Um, they've also done, I think, a pretty good job of targeting guys who are high academic kids and who are going to value what Vanderbilt offers and, and what makes it a different program from the rest of the SEC. 
Uh, then, you know, the secondary factors that I think they were winning on is SEC affiliation. Like they, a lot of these battles didn't come down to them and some other team in their conference. Like Jadis Richard was Bandy in Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, an SEC team is usually going to win that against a six and six ACC team. And then, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, like early playing time, right? I mean, if, if you're two and 10, that's not all bad because you can, you can tell these guys like, Hey, we're not going to promise you a starting spot, but you can compete right away. And I mean, like we think you are going to be more athletic than the safeties or whatever position that we currently have. Uh, and, and that's very enticing. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about it a lot, Robbie, I know you've been busy, uh, but uh, stay safe throughout the holiday season and good luck with the rest of your coverage. I know you're on the national desk there for 24 seven, but uh, again, good luck with the rest of your coverage and uh, we'll, we'll see what else happens here in uh, recruiting season. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.